1: Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today, I'm hosting Michael Mead at his home by Remote Connection. He's a renowned storyteller, scholar of mythology, creator of Living Myth podcast, and student of ritual in traditional cultures, and author of many books, including The Water of Life, Initiation, and The Tempering of the Soul. Welcome, Michael, to the New Dimensions Cafe.
2: Good to be with you again, Justine.
1: Thank you. It's grand to have you here again, especially right now. We're taping this conversation the week of the 2020 presidential election prior to the official results being announced. But no matter the outcome, we have quite a road ahead of us to bring the disparate and contentious factions in this country into unity and harmony so you tell us that mythic imagination can be our guide please help us know how this can guide us through these troubled waters
2: well one of the troubles in the modern world is people actually believe they're in different stories people don't imagine that we're in the same story together and so One thing I do is I try to find these old myths that show people struggling in the same story and not completely knowing it somehow. So I call what we're going through the tension of the opposites. And the idea of opposites is not strictly polarization. It's creating two opposing poles that generate enough tension to give birth to something that's trying to be born. The pull of opposites is like labor pains in a certain way. One of the signs of maturity is a capacity to hold two unlike thoughts at the same time. So the infant has to go to one side or the other, has to go quickly to mom or dad because it needs instant satisfaction and it needs to reduce the tension of life because it hasn't developed enough psychic musculature to take the tension. Maturity, which I think. Ultimately, the root meaning of it is ripeness. We're supposed to ripen into the idea that we can take the tension. Anyone that does art finds themselves in the tension between before the inspiration comes or while you're trying to get there. The same thing has happened in a collective level. The polarization of the opposites is not a sign that everything's wrong. It's a sign that we have to learn how to hold that tension. The opposing energies night and day, up and down, left and right. We live within the oppositions of life. And the more we learn about that, the more we become able to handle the tension and be alert and open to the inspiration, the creation that's trying to come through that tension. Because it seems to me we're in the middle of a rites of passage where we've left the world that we used to know behind, and we don't even have clear sightings of the world we're going to. And we have to be in that betwixt and between that is also can be felt as the tension of the world. And our job is to bear it long enough that we individually and hopefully one day collectively get a full-blown inspiration and vision of where to go.
1: Right. And what you're saying is that We'd like to think of life as binary, so to speak. You know, up and down, as you said, either or. But we're coming into this new sensibility. Many people use the word both and. Holding this paradox, that's not easy.
2: One way I think about it in in story terms, we're at the end of one story at the beginning of another. And we're in that tension where you don't know how it's going to restart. And so on a personal level, on a psychological level, how that translates is inside each person, there's the wise old sage and the eternal youth. That's the same as the end and the beginning, the old and the new. So psychologically, this is the time to try to tap into the sage in the heart the wisdom that is hidden in each person's heart and soul, but also to have a thread to the eternal youth who is carrying the dream of one's life. And so, what can be seen as polar opposites, the old and the young, you know, that's a classic polarization. They don't understand each other. Secretly, they do. So, the old ideas when things get tense, you try to tap into the sage in the heart and the eternal youth carrying the dream of one's life. At least that's how I think about it. And I found just a little paragraph in a study of a tribe. And they happen to say that when we initiate a young person, a girl or a boy, we're trying to awaken the sage in their heart, the wisdom that's already in them. And when we initiate an adult into becoming an elder, we're trying to reawaken the dream of their soul. So this is a time for awakening further the dream of one's soul and for finding ways to tap the wisdom that's already in there. And wisdom, of course, has two roots. One is the root that means guidance, and the other root means lyric. Tap into the song of your soul because the rhythm in outside world is pretty rough right now. We have to find our own rhythm. We have to find our inner song and find ways to express it.
1: You know, uh, Michael, you have written when troubles get deep enough, when the dilemma has become great enough, when the problems become greater than we are, then the weight of the world is on each of our shoulders. Mythic imagination can offer more ways to proceed than the narrow path of logic, reason, and fixed beliefs.
2: Yeah. I mean, modern people, always amazed me. i hear people saying with pride, you know, that this is my ideology. And inside myself, I'm thinking an ideology is what you have when you've lost your imagination. Because the human soul is much greater than any ideology. And the ideologies don't work now. That's people running to one side or the other. And so I know it's difficult. And I know it's very troubling and there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of loss and there's sorrow and all that stuff but still we're here we're here to do something and the old idea was each person's soul comes to the world when they have something to give and right now the world needs what everyone has to give there's no single answer the diversity is the clue to the creativity and our job is simply to give what we have that's already part of of our own heart and soul and give that. And despite the difficulty and because of the difficulty, that's our job.
1: And it's going beyond winners and losers. I mean, like media it really portrays everything as a horse race, you know, the winner and the loser. Approximately 70 million people voted one way and 70 million people in this country voted another way. Now, it would be, I think, not productive or not effective if we look at people as being winners. Oh, I won, so we're going to be great. No, we've got to, as you've talked about in one of the myths that you talk about, Jason and the Argonauts, that they all had to row together to get through the narrows, the dire straits. So that's our challenge.
2: Yeah, the old word for that was communitas. The word community comes from the Latin communitas, which means such a deep sense of community that everyone is pulled together, pulled together from the depths. And so in the midst of uncertainty, what happens is the opportunity for deep community. It's more available now. It's weird because you'd think when the coronavirus pandemic happens, everybody would pull together. It seems so obvious. It's not obvious anymore. And yet there's going to keep being crises. And hopefully people can learn, oh, it works better when we pull together. But I want to say something else. The world has become flat again. That's how it got so polarized. And what I mean is there's a collapse of vertical imagination. Vertical imagination is a term for the old idea that humans are connected to the stars in one direction and connected to the depths of the earth in the other direction. We're like uh, beings to a stretch between the stars and the deep earth, the underworld in a sense. And we're supposed to be channels for the energy coming up from the earth and down from the stars. And somehow that got lost and everything got flattened. And people think the world is about economics and economics says. There's not enough to go around and therefore you've got to get yours and you're back to winners and losers. The real winners are also losers. People who lost what they thought they needed and found themselves. Remember Carl Jung, the great psychologist said, when you lose something, like when you lose your job, your soul throws a party because, you know, we're not here to be goal oriented. We're here to find the aim of our soul. And when a person finds that, it's not just satisfying to them, it's beneficial to their neighbors. And so hopefully the fantasy that people are living in will change. And people will realize that when some lose, especially when some are excluded from being allowed to be on the ship of life or the ship of state, then we've all lost. We have diminished our shared humanity.
1: So what you're saying is what we can affect is our own attitude, is our own inner imagination, our own mythic imagination. And that's what we have to tap into and, and not get so worried about changing everybody's mind, but changing our own sense of community, And that's maybe the best that we can do right now, because the outcome is uncertain.
2: Yeah, literally today, the election is on the verge of being decided. And the one who said losers don't matter and winning is the only thing that counts is now becoming the loser as we speak. And that's the way the world goes. You're not supposed to succeed all the time. That wouldn't even be interesting. Only people who are empty inside need such a kind of constant, you know, reinforcement of their existence. And the old idea in alchemy was circulatio. You go as high as you can go, engage the spirit and your imagination, and then you go down in a circle, and you go into the underworld, and you find the deep feelings, and you find the humility that becomes from the humus of the earth, and then you go around again. Circulatio, a person is supposed to be able to understand great imagination and feel a depth of feeling. And so losing is part of finding oneself, right? I mean, that was the old idea. If you're always winning, you're not even yourself. You're just an accumulation of goals gathered together or something. That idea means that some people in the world have to be losers. I would say if some people are made to be losers, everyone has lost.
1: Oh, that one is, I think, a sage remark. Well, I think
2: humanity is the name for all those born as humans on Earth. It is one group. If you remove some group from that for some reason, historical, whatever, racist, whatever it is, you've broken humanity. You've broken the hidden agreement of humanity. And so, in a time when everything's falling apart, it's a much harder time to live. But in the fragmentation of things, the deep, meaningful ideas get through better. If a person isn't tuned into, the public and social media all the time, what's happening is imagination is trying to enter in many ways. And one of the most important messages right now, because it's the message that's inside nature, it's the message being delivered to the world in strange ways. We are all interconnected. We're all part of this. We're all on the same ship trying to stay afloat. In a way, you could say, all of the painful experiences are here to remind us of that. That's what I think uh, coronavirus is saying. We could make each other sick or we could protect each other and heal each other. We're in this together and we're each unique individuals, but we're all part of the same collective breath of humanity. Mm. Literally people now know that what we exhale, in one place is being inhaled by someone in another place. And so we're breathing the same air. There's another idea that says we're breathing the whole world. And when we take a breath in, the whole world goes through us because it's all connected and it comes back out in the next breath. So our job is to be present, to be the best version of ourselves, and to be open enough to receive new ideas, new imaginations, things we never knew before, and new people as well.
1: Wonderful, wonderful, hopeful message. I want to thank you for being with us on the New Dimensions Cafe today, Michael.
2: Good to be with you again, Justine.
1: Thank you. I've been speaking with Michael Mead at his home by remote connection, He's a renowned storyteller, scholar of mythology, creator of Living Myth Podcast, and student of ritual in traditional cultures, and of course, author of many, many books, including The Water of Life, Initiation, and the Tempering of the Soul. And if you want to learn more about his work and a collection of recordings, go to mosaicvoices.org. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine willis toms I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe. And I invite you, please do join us again.
0: You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org.